When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an independent investigator reveals what whistleblowers have told her about an underground military base in the mountains of North Carolina. She's describing it as the new Area 51. I got an email yesterday. I mean, this, this is how information comes in. I haven't even had time to connect with him so I can interview him. But let me pull up just a few things from his email. He has lived near that facility all of his life. So he's seen things evolve. One snippet is, I've seen a huge bright light blocking the sky directly toward the mountains over Perry. Another one, we've seen a convoy of military semi-trucks with covered cargo going up the mountain toward Perry with armed escorts. This podcast is supported by Paranormal Contractors, a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. If you have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, it's time to bring in the professionals. Call 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. 
Mary Joyce is standing by to discuss underground bases hidden in the North Carolina mountains. I just got in from shoveling the drive and the back stoop and the stairs, and we had about two, maybe three inches over the weekend, but thank God it's, it's powder and not the wet, slushy stuff. You know, that stuff that's so heavy and miserable to try and shovel. I call that kind of snow the Widowmaker. How many men my age and older attempt to shovel that kind of heavy snow and they end up unfortunately doing a permanent face plant in the snowbank. It's not good. But the really light powder like this, I actually enjoy shoveling. It's good exercise, but you have to be careful. Before I get started, a special hello and a heartfelt thank you to Kirk Shamel. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. Kirk is in Scottsdale, Arizona, and he is our newest donor at patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Kirk and I had a great Google Hangout on Friday. That's available. It's an exclusive Google Hangout with yours truly once a month to our Star Chamber tier donors. That's at $50 a month. If you'd like to consider becoming an official supporter, then check out, please visit patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are military bases hidden beneath North Carolina's mountains that most people have never heard about. Even those who are aware of facilities under Area 51 in Nevada and other western states may not be aware of North Carolina's secret bases. Remarkably, those bases are located near well-known tourist attractions in the state. Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Mount Mitchell State Park, Devil's Courthouse on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and Chimney Rock State Park. Yet, the underground facilities are so well camouflaged that few people know they exist. Mary Joyce is aware of these bases, and she's worked for two major metropolitan area newspapers as a writer, columnist, artist, Sunday Magazine editor, and feature editor. And she is the co-founder of SkyShipsOverCashers.com and the author of Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains. Mary Joyce, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing real well. Always nice to talk to you. Tell people, first of all, a little bit about this uh, amazing website, skyshipsovercashiers.com. Uh, it started because of so many UFO sightings over a, a, a ridgetop town called Cashers. And the website has simply expanded from there. We have much more going on than just uh, UFOs. We have underground bases. We have Bigfoot. We have Cherokee Little People. And we're beginning to find signs that indicate that there might once have been giants living in this area. So it's a very um, intriguing place to live. I'll bet. I'll bet. Did you go there looking for it? Uh, no, actually I didn't. It just uh, happened. And that's the way so many things are in life. And uh, it makes life a lot more interesting. The last time you were on this podcast, we did talk about uh, the, the little people, the Cherokee little people. I want to cover something, though, that, that um, you spend a great deal of time and energy documenting on skyshipsovercashers.com. And that is uh, under, undercover operations and underground military bases, of course, which is uh, the subject of uh, your book, Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina. Uh, let's talk about uh, that. I think you've referred to it as the, the new Area 51. That's located in the Brown Mountains, I believe. Uh, no, actually, no? Uh, we are further uh, west from there. Uh, the Brown Mountains are um, 
north on the other side of Asheville, and I'm on the west side of Asheville. Ah, okay. So, uh, we have lots of mountain ridges. It can be quite confusing. But the, uh, the the military base that you've been referring to is the new Area 51 in North Carolina. Where is that located? Um, it's on the Balsam Ridge. Uh, there's no big town near it, which shouldn't be surprising. Uh, the closest one you can find on the map is called Rosman, North Carolina, which would be on the south side of the facility. The facility is truly in the mountains and surrounded by uh, trees. So it's um, a remote location, and you can understand why if they're doing secret business beneath the ground, which we've had confirmed many different ways, um, including uh, people with above-top uh, secret security clearance uh, who have uh, acknowledged that there is a city-size underground facility there uh, that's totally self-sufficient. Um, so it's uh, it's it's an interesting place. Is it is it within the boundaries of a national park? Is it inside a national park? Uh, no, it really isn't. But it's near the uh, part of the Pisgah uh, Forest, and that's why. It, Anyhow, that's why it's called the Pisgah Astronomical Research Institute. It was actually a facility for tracking satellites back during the Cold War, and it is no longer uh, functioning that way. Supposedly, it's been turned over uh, to an Astronomical Research Institute. But that is what I call a capstone cover what's for what's going on beneath the ground. Um, and activity continues to this day. How do these whistleblowers, these whistleblowers work there or they have knowledge of this, this underground base? How do they reach out to you? Um, in the beginning, when I first got the first two witnesses, both of them were checking me out at the place I was working at the time and they would come in periodically and kind of tiptoe around different subjects and get me involved in conversations. And um, finally, one of them uh, told me something that sounded like a good story I could put on the website. I said, well, why don't we meet and um, I'll, I'll record your story and, and put it on the website. Well, I met the couple uh, at their camper trailer, uh, and that wasn't the reason they wanted to talk to me. Yes, they've seen UFOs, but they wanted to tell me about their concern about the Perry facility. And the woman had grown up in a family where her father was involved with above-top security business and the whole family, in fact the whole community was um, under careful watch and those who spoke out uh, sometimes uh, ended up in bad health or dead and so everybody was pretty intimidated and with that kind of a background you can understand why they wanted to see if they could trust me before they told their story and the woman who was the one who knew the most about it um, uh, she hadn't told anybody but her immediate family uh, until she talked to me. And I think it was just a relief that she could get that out because she is very concerned about that particular facility. She said that they have the ability to wipe out people's memories. And as I began to collect the stories, because nothing like this just happens, boom, 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 it comes in in dribs and drabbles. And uh, one man I interviewed actually quite a few years ago now, uh, had worked as a young man at a nearby Christmas tree farm and the people that worked at the Christmas tree farm had seen people carrying animals in cages into this facility which makes you wonder what what's going on why would they do that um, is it part of you know experimentation um, I just you know at this point we don't have all the answers but we certainly have a lot of evidence to make us 
uh, suspicious of what's really happening. And this uh, female whistleblower, what direct knowledge did, did she have and how did she come about it? Did she Had she been inside the base? Um, as far as I know, she hadn't, but she knew this because of her connection with her, with her father. And um, her story is included in my book, The Underground Military Bases. Um, the one who lives close to the facility, and I'm not clear because he wouldn't make it clear uh, exactly what he does. He was very, very cautious about sharing the information, um, but he had above top security clearance. He is one of those people who will go or has in the past gone to Washington uh, to teach people how to um, do operations of this sort. So he's very, very knowledgeable. And he was very, very cautious. I could blow the whistle on him and it would be, you know, that would be the end of his career. If not his life, perhaps. That That is always a possibility. And uh, there are people that uh, their stories, I think, have caused their demise. So George Knapp has Bob Lazar, and it sounds like you have this couple, these two people. Uh yeah, and there's been others who live in the area who begin to confirm uh, things of this nature. And uh, I got an email yesterday. I mean, this, this is how information comes in. I haven't even had time to connect with him so I can interview him. Uh, but let me pull up just a few things from his email, which yes, I please. think is very intriguing. He has lived near that facility all of his life. So he's seen things evolve. And um, I'm not going to read the entire thing. I'm just going to read snippets from it. One snippet is, I've seen a huge bright light blocking the sky directly toward the mountains over Perry. That's one uh, segment. Another one, we've seen a convoy of military semi-trucks with covered cargo going up the mountain toward Perry with armed escorts. Now, this has more impact uh, to me because I know there's no official military base around here. And I myself have seen uh, military trucks in the town of Rosman. Again, there is no military facility close by. And others have also seen uh, signs of the military in this area. So that's something that really is um, uh, thought-provoking, to say the least. Uh, another thing he said that was that for months, he has, they have been experiencing big booms that shake the ground. He said, so many, I've lost count, and I'm not the only one. Um, that ties in, and we can jump to that a little bit later, but I've done another posting about um, uh, evidence that they are new, doing new digging at this facility. And then he also talked about um, cancer. He said, I have spoken to many doctors in this area about the extremely high cancer rates one doctor even tried to do a study on it and tried to get government funding with no success. Um, and the cancer rates are on the rise. In my dad's day, you never heard of these rare cancers that you hear about in this area now. Do we so know that just, came in, that just came in yesterday, uh. and I will have time probably tomorrow to, to connect with him. And hopefully I can meet with him in person because I prefer to to have face-to-face -face interviews, if possible. Sure. Uh, so are hot, hot off the email. I'll say. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's a bit of an exclusive there. Uh, for sure. The Pisgah Astronomical Research Institute, it's now a learning center, so they're bringing kids there, like for summer camp, and they're being exposed to this as well? Um, 
the cancer stuff I would think would be more long-term effect and we really don't know why that's happening. Um, a number of years ago, and I touch on this in my book, I was contacted by uh, a man that worked in uh, the Department of Social Services and he said things are coming out of that area um, of a satanic nature, uh, some very strange things. And he said when he went to report it, it was like swept under the rug. Nobody wanted to talk about it, and the State Bureau of Investigation didn't want to, at least on the surface, do anything about it. So there's some dark things going at the, on at this facility. I'm not saying there are dark activities at all facilities, but of the ones that I've investigated, this is the one that has the most darkness around it. Uh, but again, th th this is a summer camp, right? This is a learning no, center for kids. No, it's not a summer camp. They will have like uh, uh, like day events or like a weekend event. And that is on the surface. They still have a couple satellites that you can see from, you know, anybody driving in there. And some days you can drive in there with no problem. But there have been times where there has been uh, somebody dressed like a, uh, what do you call it? in a military suit of some kind guarding the gate and those times you can't get in. Um, my own experience is when I get close to that I get this really icky feeling in my head it, and it makes it, it makes you want to get away from it and I call it people repellent. Um, other people have also experienced that at, at the Perry Center and we also have posted a report somewhere on the website uh, from a woman who went up to near the entrance to the one facility that is beneath the Smoky Mountain National Park and she experienced the same thing. She said when she was driving up, it was a beautiful sunny day, the birds were singing, everything was really great. The closer she got to that where we know the entrance is, um, she said she began to have this strange feeling in her head, she began to get a headache, uh, she stayed long enough that she began to feel nauseated and all the birds quit singing, it was quiet, and then when she finally went back down the mountain, everything returned back to normal. So again, I use the term uh, electromagnetic um, people repellent. Uh, it kind of discourages people from being someplace. Any missing persons in that, in that is there a cluster there in that area? Um, uh, I was on a show with the Travel Channel, and they interviewed a whole lot of people, so I wasn't the main star of it at all. But the focus was on, uh, you know, people going missing at the Smoky Mountain National Park. So that is not where Perry is. That would be, oh, about an hour north of where the Perry Center is. Um, but it, I do know of disappearances in that area. I do not know of anything specific with the Perry Center. Do you think it's possible they're related, the disappearances in the Perry Center? Um, I don't know. There are so many possible theories with why so many people are disappearing. And one uh, could be that they're being taken to facilities like this and, and experiments are done on them. Um, that's one possibility. That could be genetic experiments. It could be, you know, who knows what. Um, then you get into all sorts of shadowy areas. When I did the research on uh, Antarctica and the facility beneath Antarctica, which goes back to before World War II, and the reptilians had used these old volcanic um, tubes and caves and stuff beneath Antarctica 
to build a facility. And um, there's some really good indication that the Nazis were working in cahoots with the reptilians and that uh, they, many of them escaped to Antarctica. Um, and the, the rumors go that um, people are taken as slaves to, uh, to work as slaves in these facilities. And they have been building um, uh, UFOs down in Antarctica for a long, long time, since before World War II. And some of the most convincing evidence comes from a man named William Tompkins. Uh, he died just a short time ago uh, as an old man. And during World War II, he was in Navy intelligence. And the man was brilliant. And he went on to work at the highest levels of NASA. Um, and uh, in his book, I cannot give you the title right now, but if you type in um, uh, William Tompkins, I'm sure that you can find it. Um, and he talked about how information from aliens uh, were used by NASA to do some of their um, uh, building projects. Hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Reptilian Bases and Facilities in Antarctica, I think is the name of that book, by William Tompkins. Reptilian Bases and Facilities in Antarctica. That and he, has, he had another book, too, um, but, but both of them touch on those kind of things. Uh, I want to circle, we'll circle back to the Antarctic in a moment because I have a friend down there right, at, right now, actually. Uh, really? Brad Olson uh, is expected back, I believe, February 10th, but he he went, uh, he got passage across the Drake uh, Passage uh, aboard a, um, uh, an old uh, sailing vessel and um, was hoping he could latch on to another expedition to go to an area he calls it uh, Illuminati Disneyland, and that's where a lot of this anomalous activity is going on. But I want to get back to uh, the Perry facility. Uh, and you mentioned that it's a, a size of a city, this underground base. What else can you tell me about it? How deep underground is it? Do we know? It's, what I've been told by these different sources is it's six stories deep, and it's totally self-sufficient, so it has its own water and electricity and whatever else they might need. And, um, I mean, what, what are they doing down there? If it's like Area 51, are they, are they uh, back engineering UFO, uh, crashed UFO disks and so forth? Well, we have reasons, reasons uh, plural, to believe that uh, there is some cooperation or, uh, or joint work done with uh, ETs of some sort. 
because there are frequently uh, people frequently see UFOs over the facility, and uh, uh, you know that's that's happened for years now. Uh, one man who at one time was a good source for information, um, he shut up because um, he wasn't in fear of his life, but every time he made any reports about activities, his entire computer system would be wiped out, and it just became too expensive. So he is he's just shut up, and I can't say I blame him because it costs a lot of money if you have to keep replacing computers. And how about and be- how about you personally? Have you been intimidated, shadowed, harassed? Uh, if I have, I haven't been aware of it. I haven't had any threats. I haven't had anything that I can point to and say, hey, they're out to get me. Now, I'm not saying that they're not keeping an eye on me. And one of the reasons that I think it's a possibility is that when we first posted the coordinates so that anybody could find uh, the first two entrances we found going into Antarctica, um, that information was taken down uh, almost immediately. So that does make you wonder a bit. I, I was referring to um, the fact that you've been poking around uh, the Perry facility, whether whether anyone has paid you a visit or anything like that. No, and uh, now I will tell you this, and this is sharing a uh, side of me that I usually don't bring to the foreground. Um, I, I have, for many, many years, gotten um, uh, intuitive spiritual information and sometimes I think that truly is protecting me. And I was given a very specific direction not to go beyond the gate at the Perry facility. And that message was so strong that I have not personally gone past the gate. Now, I have great pictures uh, on the website right now that I have gotten from Google, which shows that they're doing digging now. And I've got eight pictures posted. Um, so if anybody wants something visual to go along with this, go to our website, skyshipsovercashers.com. And on the left-hand side, we have different categories and open up undercover operations. And the second posting from the top uh, will take you uh, to that, uh, that article. And what makes this interesting is, first of all, I again was, was contacted by somebody who lives in Rosman. And he told me what was going on. So then I got on Google and started doing searches. And what I found was um, there's a huge hole in the ground. That's Most of it's covered over by uh, two black tarps. But you can see down between the tarps. And then we saw uh, uh, images of these long, bedded, uh, long bed um, dump trucks. Yes. And we saw two of these huge excavators. And another thing that made it interesting was that it looked like dirt from the hole was being brought out and spread out over an open hilly area. And I went and got a photo of um, a soil sample from the same area. And the topsoil is the darkest, and the deeper you go, the soil gets lighter. Well, what's being spread all over this hill is a very light color, uh, which indicates it's being dug from deep. Uh, below the surface and brought up and uh, again there's pictures um, that everybody can take a look at and see it from, for themselves An- another uh, base or underground research facility uh, that you discuss and post pictures of is is Sanford the, the Sanford underground research facility and that's uh, is that located in South Dakota 
Yeah, and I am not at this point uh, uh, connecting that with any kind of uh, alien-type activity. That is a facility that um, expanded on one of the most famous gold mines uh, back in the days of Wild Bill Hickok. And um, it's, it's a huge, huge thing from the edge of the uh, pit. You can't even see the bottom of, of the gold mine pit. But they've gone even deeper. I think it's approaching a mile deep. And they're doing experiments um, on neutrinos. And they will actually beam things back and forth with the uh, Fermi facility. I, what is it? Illinois, I believe. Uh, Fermilab in Batavia, Illinois, so, yes. Okay. And so that is, um, I'm not sure that has a, a devious background to it. Ah, all right. Uh, how many of these these types of bases, specifically the ones like the Perry research, the, the Perry facility, uh, how many of them around the country are there? Do you that you know about? Um, I have deliberately focused on things that I can more closely check out myself. So what I focused on is um, in the book. I, uh, there are five of these underground facilities here in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Um, since then, we've found other things. Um, for example, there's one that's right on the border with Tennessee. I don't know as much about it, but uh, somewhere on the website it's posted there. Um, we have every reason to believe that these things are connected underground by tunnels. And one of the reasons that we think this is probably the case is that for a period of time, people will feel um, you know, the earth moving and shaking and they'll hear grinding sounds and it only lasts for a certain period of time and then it's gone and you no doubt have seen pictures of these underground boring machines that are just huge oh yes and they can go through uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, soil in a very short amount of time and uh, the the line for example uh, there was people that lived along the balsam ridge well that would connect um, with the Perry Center which is essentially in the same kind of territory down through the ridge and then you come to um, you can go up the mountain I mean all the way up the ridge to um, uh, Washington DC uh, there's an underground system that connects it all but this would also connect to um, um, the one under the Smoky Mountain National Park and who knows I mean it may look like a subway system underneath the ground with uh, with like maglev trains or something like right. that right. right that's that's what's most likely and so the, the, this, imp this noise and the vibrations and the grinding sounds uh, are happening when that is uh, uh, going through the ground beneath these people's homes, and then it, it stops. Sounds like they're ramping up uh, if, they're, if they're digging again. What, are they, yeah, what, do, what do you that's, think they're doing? What are, they, what are they getting ready for? I don't know. I wish I, wish I did. Um, like I said, things come in just in the oddest ways. And maybe when I talk to this man who sent me the email yesterday, uh, maybe I'll be able to get some more insights since he has lived in the area all of his life. And he's a man, I, I think he's about 55, 54, 55. And so he might have uh, another door to open for me. I don't know. But that's how we find out information. There's no way I'm going to get in there myself, even if I wanted to. They're not going to allow that. Um, so we just have to depend on people who sometimes get to the point where they want to spill the beans on the work that they're doing. Now, I've talked to a couple of people who have at least admitted that they work in this facility, but they won't say another word. 
They just acknowledge that it's real. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, why not consider becoming a supporter? Go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. That's right. We've changed the name of our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. And check out our three support tiers. The Truth Seeker tier the Whistleblower tier, and the Star Chamber tier. Donors can receive access to an exclusive monthly Google Hangout on air or a monthly live chat with me. You can also be eligible for a monthly draw and a chance to win Conspiracy Show and Conspiracy Unlimited merch. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. Patreon.com forward slash Strange Planet. Your support is greatly appreciated. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again, what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Mary Joyce is here, author of Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains. An operation this big, you said it's six stories down. It's right. basically, a, like you said, it's like a city down there. There must be hundreds, if not thousands, of employees. Where do they all live? I mean, when, I mean how do they get to and for, from the base? Is it all done underground, or do they travel there by helicopter or car? My own suspicion is, uh, is there's more ways to get there than just at the Perry facility. Part of the reason I say that is because one of the uh, top security whistleblowers said that this facility spills over uh, into the um, South Carolina. So uh, this facility is not that far from South Carolina, but if it spills over into it, that indicates pretty good size. So I suspect there may be other entrances than the one we know about. Does anyone monitor the roads leading into the facility? Do they take video? Do they take pictures do they have they noticed strange vehicles license plates anything like that um i once let's see making me dig up stuff from the way back of my mind um i once followed a vehicle that parked in a parking lot near where i was working at the time and it had very strange plates on it and it was about oh gee i can't even remember it was like army uh, psy- psyops or something like that. It was actually on the vehicle and it was from another state and I followed it until I couldn't follow it anymore because I had to be someplace else. Um, but it was headed in the direction of Perry. There's no reason why um, that kind of vehicle should be going in that direction. It's it's a nothing road to get there. Aside from a UFO activity, any other strange anomalous events in and around the Perry facility? Um, well, this is this would be like maybe 20 miles away uh, where we have an, a, a lot of the Bigfoot stories. But I will tell you one I haven't talked about very much. Uh, two of the people um, who live up at the top of a ridge where it takes a, a gravel road to get there. And it's truly in Bigfoot territory where there's been a lot of evidence of them. And one night they were out uh, looking at UFOs, I believe, 
and they saw giant owls. And they said the wingspan was like uh, eight feet across. And if I stretch my arms out from tip to tip, I had somebody measure me the other day just so I could say this. Um, I'm like five and a half feet from tip, from fingertip to fingertip. So it would be two and a half feet beyond my fully expanded arms. And they said there were six or six, I think, six to eight of these big owls that were just swarming around them. The man had a, a very strong uh, spotlight and he uh, aimed it at the eyes of these owls and there was no reflection. There was no, um, it was just like the eyes were black. Now, I wouldn't have read a book called The Messengers if this hadn't happened to these two people. And uh, the book is about how people who are abducted often come back with false memories of what really happened to them. And apparently one of the common ways is they will come back with memories of seeing owls and, uh, you know, with the big eyes and uh, uh, just made me wonder. They were looking at UFOs, they saw these strange owls, um, and there's Bigfoot in the area. So this this whole section of mountains is... Uh, like I said earlier, full of mysteries. Yeah, that was uh, Mike McClelland. I've I've talked to Mike. Uh, he that's wrote he wrote the book The Messengers. That's it. And it's about. And I, like this, I said, I wouldn't have pulled it off the shelf if these people hadn't had that experience. Uh, you know, experience. Fascinating. That's right. He writes about the synchronicities around owls and UFO abductees. Uh, right. Have you had have you had personally um, an experience like that with owls and UFOs? I, I have not. The closest I have personally come to, like the Bigfoot experiment or experience, uh, is I certainly have seen the, the footprints um, in areas where they're going up very steep mountains that people couldn't go bounding up uh, like these footprints do. Uh, and then one of the old mountain men, he actually wasn't old, he's just a mountain boy who's lived here all of his life, and he's also a hunter. And he told me he knew where there were two caves where the Bigfoot would take shelter. So he drove me up this mountaintop road and we parked the car and then I followed him as he had a sickle to cut down weeds and stuff so that we could get through. And when we started getting close to where this uh, one cave was, we heard this sound that was like a, a bird whistle, but it really wasn't exactly a bird. And then off in the distance where we ended up to see the cave came a reply, that same kind of strange whistle, and then everything went silent. And both uh, the man and I felt like one Bigfoot was telling the other Bigfoot that uh, there were two humans on the way, watch out. Uh, but it went silent after that. Hmm. Do you ever ask yourself why you, do you think you're being uh, sort of led along this path and if so what what what's the ultimate destination i guess i everything that i've done uh, over the last what 20 years it's i didn't set out to do them uh they happened like with the cherokee little people and i won't get off on that because we've talked about it before but um the sole reason i wrote it was when i found out that all this information that these old-timers had had not been recorded anywhere. And so I wrote the book, Cherokee Little People Were Real, simply to preserve that information before all these old-timers died off. And I'm very glad I did because they're all dead now. Um, 
And uh, so that was the motivation there. Uh, the Skyship website. I had no intention of starting a website, uh, but so many incredible stories were coming out of uh, cashers that we decided we wanted to share that information. And when I say we, uh, this has been co-founded with Evelyn Gordon, so I, I'm, the, I'm the mouth and the editor, and she's very involved with uh, the research that I do, and she tries to help me edit stuff, uh, so it's not just me. But um, I didn't intend to do that, but it just keeps growing, and people will come to me with, I haven't, you know, put a sign out, I haven't started raising a flag, and like I get this email out of the blue yesterday, I mean, that's been happening all along. So I feel like my responsibility is like that of um, a newspaper person, which I once was, and that is simply to get the stories as accurately as you can and get it out for people to know about. And um, so I guess it's more a desire to educate people and make people aware of things that they might not learn about any other way. Have any whistleblowers talked about the existence of aliens deep underground at this facility? Um, not in a real specific way, no. No. Other than the fact we have to make some assumptions, and that is, why are there so many UFOs that are seen at this facility? And, um, you know, that, that just becomes highly suspicious after a while, especially when you match it up with the activity that we are able to see on the ground. Is it possible they're not extraterrestrial in origin at all? These are simply advanced... U.S. Uh, aircraft. Oh, that's going on too. I mean, if you want the, the subject to be complicated, um, back in, oh, if I can get my date right, I think it's like 1998, uh, there was a man who worked for Area 51, and he did a, a whistleblower presentation at the National UFO Congress um, out in Nevada, and he showed a diagram of the first, well, I don't know if it's the first, but one of the early uh, technical drawings of a uh, triangular shaped uh, UFO and that was before anybody knew about this so if back in 98 this kind of information was you know secretly being held well imagine what they can do in at least 20 years later so uh, yes I think many of the UFOs we see are being operated by the military that's, uh, that, makes hard, that makes it harder for people to sort it out. And uh, I become more suspicious that they're human if they do things like following the rivers. That sounds much more like what the military would do. And that uh, happens along uh, the Tuckasegee River, going through places like Dillsboro. We've had, um, you know, many reports of that kind. Um, I don't know. I just think that a lot of things we see are indeed military. Do you think any of the whistleblowers out there uh, are getting close to the point where they're they're ready to... I mean, at, at some point, one of these whistleblowers is going to be facing their own mortality and is going to really decide just to blow this thing wide open, and maybe they'll come to you with that. How close do you think we are to that? Well, I know it's happened out in Area 51. There's been a number of people... Uh, who in their old age came through and, and wanted to uh, fess up to what they what they know. Uh, the oldest person that I've interviewed, oh, I guess one of them would be, the woman would be in her 70s, and the man at the time I interviewed him uh, was probably early 70s, 
60s, late 50s, something like that. So he probably is still involved in projects. Um, and I, at some point along the line, I'll see if I can touch base with him again without causing trouble. Just very quickly, I wanted to touch uh, on these uh, uh, volcanoes in the Antarctica. And as you point out in on your website, skyshipsovercashiers.com, uh, back in 2017, scientists uh, announced that they had found 91 previously unknown volcanoes. That makes a total of 138 in, in just the western part of Antarctica. And it's the most active volcanic region on the Earth, as far as I know. Right, which might explain why the ice is melting there. <laughs> it might be contributing, for sure. And, and and because, you know, these things have been e erupting since ancient times, they have left this incredibly extensive underground cavern system, which, as you point out, the Nazis discovered and used during the Second World War. Talk to me a little bit about how the Nazis used these bases, or these caverns. Um, how they initially made the contact with the reptilians or vice versa, I do not know. But um, it's pretty common knowledge now that the uh, early UFOs by the Nazis were, you know, seen by many people. Um, apparently, the reptilians have had this base for a very, very long time. And by the time that the Nazis arrived there, according to William Tompkins, um, they were already uh, making trips to the moon and maybe beyond that. So what a great place to hide something. And uh, on that story that you're referring to, um, there is a map showing what Antarctica looks like when the ice isn't there. And you can see, you know, uh, very, very wide bodies of water or rivers um, beneath the ice. And that's how the uh, old U-2 boats uh, by the Germans got in there. So they just cruise on in underneath the ice. Hmm. And do you think that the reptilians are still there or or were these yes i do, yes, I do. yeah mm -hmm. and these and, uh, and these and these underground bases are 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 they still being uh utilized by some sort of nazi type organization from the information that i've gathered it appears that uh this cooperative effort with the reptilians has benefited the, benefited the nazis and the Nazis have uh, given them some of that uh, volcanic space, uh, probably not the biggest portion of it, but uh, they supposedly have their their own facility there uh, adjacent to the reptilians. So which isn't a race of which is not a race of uh, beings that I want anything to do with. The reptilians? No, no, wouldn't think. <laughs> um, no. So most of the the UFO activity then that. It, that we call extraterrestrial may be coming from Antarctica. Yes. Now, where the reptilians originally came from, uh, I've heard people guess. I do not know. Uh, I think they must have come here at some time. But they are regarded as ETs, but they may very well have been living here on Earth for a very long time. Under the Earth. Right, right. And you've heard, no doubt, about this huge craft. Some have described it as being something like three miles in length. This appears to be some sort of a craft, uh, craft that has been buried in the ice, and it is now re-emerging from the ice because of the fact that it's melting. 
Um, I've heard the same thing. I haven't uh, in- investigated that on my own. But we are too limited in our thinking when regarding the size of UFOs. Um, another very fortunate thing happened was back in 2013, I was contacted by a man from the Netherlands. His name is Matt, uh, uh, no, Mark Padmos. And he took um, NASA satellite photos of the moon because they had, I mean, not the moon, of the sun. And these satellites, SOHO satellites, uh, there's one on each side of the sun, and they take pictures of the sun every 15 minutes. Well, many times there will be some type of UFO that's uh, caught around the edges of the sun. Uh, he has taken those and blown blown them up and zeroed in, and he said he dusted and cleaned them so that it was easier to see. And the, they're, they're huge. Um, in that section, when I talk about this kind of thing, there's a diagram uh, showing the size of the sun in proportion to all the planets. And Earth is but a dot, and Jupiter is, of course, the largest, and it still looks really, really small. And some of these, what I call grandfather ships, um, are bigger than Jupiter. And they're shaped in ways that we don't think about. They're not saucer-shaped or round or... Uh, they come in some very strange, different shapes. Um, it's fascinating, and if people want to see the pictures, uh, go to um, Global Links and open up the 2013 archive. Scroll way down to the bottom, and we have, and then scroll back up, and you'll see the pictures in the order that we got them. And then we got some more in 2014 from him, and then he like went out of existence. I don't know what's happened to him. He hasn't updated his YouTube channel. Uh, his, he hasn't updated a Facebook account. I've tried to reach him a number of times with no response. So I don't know if something sinister has happened or if he just got tired of doing what he was doing. Uh, but he was a wonderful source that has uh, dried up. Oh, well, let's hope it's the latter, that he just got tired of it. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to touch on something you mentioned earlier, and that is uh, the Nazis. Um, discovering these underground caverns with their submarines, their U-boats, back in the mid-30s. And the idea that they had gone to the moon as early as the 1930s. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do. I do. Because they were teamed up with reptilians, and if reptilians came from somewhere else, they certainly were far advanced in their technology. And they were clearly trying to uh, help the Nazis because that would further their own plans. Uh, so, yeah, I do believe that. Do you think that the Apollo uh, astronauts saw evidence that the Nazis were on the moon? Uh, they definitely saw something. Uh, uh, they did see bases. They did see indication of something on the, on the backside of the moon. And I think we were scared away or told to stay away from the backside. Um, and then NASA's very good about shutting people up, too. A bunch of years ago when I lived on the beach in Florida, I got to know, um, um, I got to know him, I can't think of his name, um, the astronaut who saw the uh, 12-foot um, alien being in the open cargo bay of the uh, uh, space. Was that Gordon Cooper? No, uh, he's not a real well-known one. I'm sorry, I'm just going blank on his name. McClellan is his last name. McClellan. Clark McClellan. And um, um, he 
he saw what was going on with this uh, alien in the cargo, open cargo bay, and man was he shut up. They just uh, shut him down. They, he ended up living on uh, peanuts, and uh, even though he was part of the NASA program, he was cut off from any benefits from it, and has really been kind of a bitter man ever since. Um, but, you know, the government and NASA and the military, if they want to um, shut these people up, they, they know how to do it. Hmm. Well, uh, have you, are you familiar with him? Because if you're not, his story might be something you might I've, want to put I, 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 I am somewhat. I've never uh, talked to him uh, or anyone about him really at length. I mean, I, I believe he was an engineer with NASA. Um, uh, and I've, I've heard the story about a nine-foot creature, 12-foot creature. Yeah, uh, I think it was Yeah. Fascinating. My word. That was back in 1991, right? It was way back. Early yeah. 90s, yes. Yeah. And I, I got to meet him. Uh, he was really in mourning at that time because his girlfriend at the time was uh, one of the female astronauts that was on the shuttle that blew Yes, up. Judy Resnick. So lost, Judy Resnick, yes. yeah. So he lost his girlfriend. He lost his job. Uh, I met him with just a very, very small group of people at um, a, a friend's home uh, in the Orlando area. And basically, we just were sitting, listening, and trying to be sympathetic because he had just been through all sorts of hell. Wow. I should uh, reach out and see if I can't get uh, Clark McClelland on the program. That's a great idea. All righty. All right. So... Uh, direct people to the website once again, please, Mary. Okay. Um, as far as uh, Clark McFellan goes, if you type his name in in our search bar on the homepage, you might find the article we did on him. I meant your website, Skyships. So that's that's one way you can get started anyhow. Um, the website is called skyshipsovercashers.com. Um, if you want to learn about the th three books that are currently in print that I have now, uh, go to Editor's Corner from the home page, scroll way down to the bottom, and there's a summary of each of the books. And all the books are available through Amazon. And real quickly, the titles are Underground Military Bases Hidden in North Carolina Mountains, uh, Cherokee Little People Were Real, and Tangible Evidence of Jesus Left Behind for Us to Find, which is scientific and uh, archaeological uh, information that uh, goes way beyond the Bible. Mary, thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. It's always a joy to talk to you. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to fill you in on what's coming up next on Conspiracy Unlimited. This segment is sponsored by The Horrible Movie Podcast, available at iTunes and thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Be listening Wednesday for the first of a two-part conversation with retired British policeman and noted ufologist Gary Hesseltine. He'll discuss his UFO sightings database and his new explosive documentary on the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. I'm getting trolled by the likes of Nick Pope, who we'd always been affable up to that point, but now he says I should be arrested under the Fraud Act for bringing a ho perpetrating a hoax on the UFO community. Really? Why would I do that? Why would I risk my reputation? Just for money? There's no money. I'm not getting paid. We're all doing it independent. None of us are paid. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. <laughs>